It's Tuesday, October 12th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And sitting in once again, because Derek Miner is in the lab cooking up hits uh, from Southern California, author, therapist, tweeter, podcaster, Kristen Howarden. Hey, Kristen. Hey. So we have a thing. You're 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 a California person, and we have a very diehard Texas person on the show. And we have a game coming up later that is going to pit hey. the two of you against each other. Oh, is it pitting us against each other or our yes. states? Yes. No, your but knowledge of your states. Oh, oh no! How, how I didn't grow California up here. are you, okay. and how Texas right. are you? Okay, I'm very right. curious. Uh, Jamie, I feel like I'm is... going to let down the entire state if I do not this win this competition. This is a lot of pressure. This is a yeah. lot of pressure. What's the weirdest thing you know about your state? Just give us a mm. preview of your level of localism. Like, what's something um, that you know that uh, that, that we you guys might know? not know? Do you yeah. know that the people who fought in the Alamo, most of them came from Tennessee? That's why they're called the Tennessee Volunteers. Hmm. Oh, no. did you know that? that well, that's Tennessee facts. No, they came to Texas. They fought in the Alamo. The Alamo I mean, you, I yeah. mean, yeah. All right. They're not. They they're weren't good. Texans. They showed up here from t- from Tennessee. They had that good like brotherly love. Let's support each other. I was thinking other. more like what's the most popular. I was thinking like what's the most popular candy in your area or something like that. Like, is there a weird? Oh, we're food? supposed to know that. I don't no, know. I did. I did see George Strait last Friday at ACL, and it was the most Texas thing I've done in a really long time, and I <laughs> love every minute of it. It's very speak, Texas. Speak, very well, Texas. I live. I live in Orange County, which is where Arrested Development was based, which is one of my favorite shows ever. And so we, there are so many aspects of that show that are real. Um, one of which is the banana stand. There really are tool two dueling frozen banana stands on Balboa <laughs> Island. That is a real thing, and it, that is like. It's not urban legend. It's real. There's two of them. They both call themselves the original. They're right across <laughs> the street from each other. Um, and yeah, they're they're very delicious, both of them. I don't know and, which one is and right. And half of Orange County people now live in Austin, Texas. So they there, do. there's that. <laughs> yes, do, they do. I have one Alamo weird piece of trivia for you. <laughs> and don't ask how I know this. Do you know who one of the world's biggest collector of Alamo memorabilia, one of the most hardcore Alamo heads in the whole world? Like Nicholas Cage. It's you're not <laughs> That's far a off. Good it's a very random person. Oh wow. It is Phil Collins. Like the, what? the what? Dr- drumming, singing do, 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 British do, do, do. yacht rocker. Okay. He loves Phil Collins. He's invested he's he's invested fifteen million dollars of his personal fortune into Alamo, Alamo memorabilia. And there's some what? debate if it's even real. He thinks <laughs> yeah, I've heard it there's like a like a thing like he thinks maybe in a past life he 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 helped fight in the Alamo battle. Like he is obsessed with the Alamo. Oh Phil gosh. Collins is is more into the Alamo than he is into the music of Genesis. Like he he is all about some Alamo hey, stuff. I think most it's his obsession. Are. Yeah, it's his yeah. obsession. If you if you want to go down a weird rabbit hole, Google Phil Collins Alamo. Wow. And you know he's got a whole. There's like a museum of his stuff of just Alamo stuff that's his. Like he just <laughs> loves it. He's his entire fortune is being invested in Alamo memorabilia. It's pretty. You know, it's pretty something weird. for everyone. Yeah. Russell Crowe was also into weird collecting of artifacts and, and and put his wealth into all that. And then he ran into money trouble and he had to have like a huge like garage sale of all these like priceless artifacts and stuff a few years ago. Because he was broke. If you go to the Alamo's actual official webpage, there's mm-hmm. a whole section on Phil Collins. Is there really? <laughs> yes. Like it's at thealamo.org and then you can type in Phil Collins and, and Phil you're Collins find this bought webpage. the Alamo. He is the owner Basically, and operator. Of the Alamo. Wow. It, it is a very random thing to like dedicate your personal fortune to. It's just Alamo yeah. stuff. You know, like <laughs> if you if it just used society to person on the street is like, hey, can you I'll give you three guesses as to something that Phil Collins is totally <laughs> obsessed with. You're never going to. Yeah. You're never, never going to land Alamo. there. You, no. Why would you even guess the Alamo? Mm-hmm. You know, but no. it's true. It's- in case you're wondering, well, he fell yeah. in love with the Alamo as a five year old boy. So there's Aww. that. I know. Right. That's, OK, that's kind of cute. Isn't that's it, weird. 
Is it I, I less mean, weird? It, it's, it's, it's still a little weird. When Jesse's was son, son was very little, he was obsessed with like garbage trucks. Yeah, as an yeah. adult, I don't think he's going to have a large garbage truck collection. True. You know, <laughs> but 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 two, but you two, even, those things. But but at least at least for like a, a five year old, I feel like garbage trucks or superheroes or whatever, it, it wouldn't shock me if if I if there was a five year old kid or me, if there's much five year olds, I'm like, hey guys, who wants to talk about the Alamo? Like I don't know if one five year old, I don't even know if they would know what it is. Like, I don't even know no. if they even heard the term Alamo. But Phil Collins, he, he was doing a deep dive at five. Something ain't right there. That's all I'm saying. Maybe he was. Maybe he did fight the Alamo. I don't know. It would be really weird if, like, your five-year-old obsessions had to be your adult as- obsessions. Yeah. Oh, whatever yeah. you were into. Whatever then. that was. Well, you know, we're, we, oddly, when I was five, really into wine. I don't know. You know just, <laughs> Nun, nunchucks. I mean, it's carried over, as you can see. Most of my one. personal savings, I wouldn't say I fortune. I mean, you have them hanging right behind your head. That's it's right. quite yeah. a collection. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I have my I have my home protection nunchucks. I have my mm-hmm. ornamental uh, nunchucks. I have some Recreational. that I just use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For Social just nunchucks. Just doing errands around the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, the guest nunchucks for when there's company. <laughs> Yeah, when, I mean, when the French come some. over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The French. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. We talked about last week. Got a lot of French neighbors. Big nunchuck people. Big nunchuck country. A lot of people don't know that. Little, little known fact. Little, little known facts. They love wine. They love good cheeses. They love fighting with nunchucks right in the front yard for everybody to see. It's pretty cool. It's like what you do after you have enough wine. You head outside and fight with the nunchucks. I'll That's say this. I'll the, say this. Out of all the weapons, out of all the weapons, I'd advise people not to play with after in, in, imbibing in a couple glasses of vino. Probably be nunchucks. I mean, you know, it's easy. I think any weapon. I think any weapon. That's would a good be. call, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Okay, true story. My father was a black belt in Taekwondo, and he did keep nunchucks in his car. He kept Ooh. a pair under his seat and a pair in the glove box to protect himself somehow. I guess if someone pulled a gun on him, he was going to. Can you imagine if you were the other person, like you get into like a road rage situation or he cuts you off in the parking lot and you're like going to get out and like tell this guy what's what. And he comes out of his car with nunchucks. I know. He he taught us how to use them. And he told us if you ever come across someone laying in the middle of the road, wave the nunchucks as you approach them just in case they were like faking and trying to get you. So that was. Wow. That I was mean, the thing I thought through as a child. That, that's safety 101. That's just good <laughs> common sense. When I approach And any... he also had those Chinese stars, you know, the, the, which I think are actually illegal so, that so you can if, throw. And if like... somebody's laying in the road, throw a Chinese star at them, see if they move, <laughs> and then it's safe to approach. Just they, to know. Just yeah. if it sticks I've, in them and they don't I've move, I've long said right. that if, if there's a burglar, you know, you're going to terrify that burglar way more than like, you know, firing off a gunshot. Then a ninja star goes right by the head because then you're like, I am in, I am in a psycho's fun house of pain right now. That's what's yeah. happening right now. There are there are ninja weapons hidden all over this house. What have I walked? They have been praying for the day that someone breaks in because now I'm in the pain zone and they're just loaded with ninja weapons. Okay, they've that been waiting for this That was my childhood home. You're laughing, oh, but that gosh. was my house in Florida. <laughs> oh, well, Growing that up. makes sense, Florida. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but we you, had guns, too. Don't get me wrong. It was Florida, but... Yeah. 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 They just come with the house down. With your clothes, when you close right. on a house in the bank, they're like, oh, here's yeah. a shotgun. Yeah. So yeah. here's a here's a pin with the bank logo on it, and here's a gun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, you're uh-huh. a homeowner now. Oh, man. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming out later, we talked to uh, Sadie Robertson-Huff. I was, how do you describe her? She's a speaker, author, uh, personality. Uh, we talked to her about uh, living our life on purpose. Um, plus, we have slices. And at the end, uh, I mentioned the game that's coming up. It's a very Tyler Huckabee original game. Uh, uh, pitting California versus Texas. Don't miss it. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, it's slices. You got it like that. Well, okay. Tell me what y'all fake. Mad about the date. Now I'm great. Because I remember when I ain't have a way on a date. Only had enough to pay for matinee. Now I'm straight. Every morning feeling like a Saturday. Well, um, they doing nothing. Got a lot to say. How you never had COVID? You still got no taste. Saw a girl I used to date. She pretend we was friends. She like, OMG, no, it's been a man. Tell me where you been, huh? You're listening to Andy Minio featuring Lecrae. The song has been about it. See, if you heard uh, Friday's podcast, you heard our conversation with Andy. It's a phenomenal album, Neverland 2. Just dropped. Go check it out. 
Uh, that's been about it. Great song. Well, today's podcast is brought to you by Lumo. Have you ever wondered what Jesus said about the big questions we face in life today? Stuff like addiction, depression, money, doubt. Well, now you can experience his teachings and story in a completely new way. Lumo is a visual Bible project that will help you see the Gospels in a compelling new light. See for yourself by checking out the Lumo Visual Gospels for free on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash the Lumo Project. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, we, we talked last week about uh, Halloween and just how, you know, some people really get into it, and especially this year, you know, like it's, it's, there's a lot of people just trying to bring a little joy to the world with all the chaos. And there's a, there's an unfortunate attorney named Mark Metzer the third who decided he's down there in Galveston, uh, uh, you know, not, I, I assume not too far from you, Jamie, um, Texas, big state. Either way, he's down in Galveston, a storm's about to, uh, hit the beach that week, some, some nasty weather so not a ton of beach goers and you know he's just kind of feeling like hey you know the town just needs a little sunshine and so he decided to in his words bring some positive vibes to the doom and gloom out there generating some laughter and helping people crack a, st- a smile and restoring faith in humanity uh through humor like that was his mission that is an exact quote from this attorney how did he do that he dressed up in a, a very lifelike costume of the of the horror movie character mike myers and strolled mm. down the beach with a bloody knife in his hand thinking hey who wouldn't want to see a nightmare come to life and just stroll down the beach during a storm. Now, some people, he says, actually got in on the joke. He said the beach patrol fired up the Mike Myers, you know, Halloween music on their iPhones and started playing, you know, and and we're having a little fun with it. Well, not everyone found it fun, including the local police who oh, yeah. uh, detained and arrested this poor attorney and charged him with disturbing the peace. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he you know, this attorney, he admitted he didn't really think about the legal implications of his little plan to bring a little sunshine to the state. Now, he's not all that concerned about it, but I did want to read a quote because I don't think he he really realizes how much of a bad idea it is to playfully walk around around with a long bloody weapon in your hand uh he said it felt like this is how he recounts his arrest okay this sounds like a like i said it sounded like in his mind i think he he thinks a lot more people would get a kick out of this than actually did because and he's an attorney He's an attorney, um, and, and this is a he quote. went to college. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Plus some, yeah, yeah, yeah more than, more than yeah, one. Evidently, he has a law degree. Uh, but he said, "This is how he descri- described the arrest." And I'm looking. You, you can watch videos of him walking down the beach. It's horrifying. Okay, he's he's a large guy with a Mike Myers mask, jumpsuit, bloody knife, and he says, "It felt like a scene out of Scooby Doo after they handcuffed me and pulled the mask <laughs> off. Like I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddling Karens." You know? <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. One thing you might want to realize here it probably wasn't meddling karens as much as it was horrified beachgoers seeing a large man with a knife walk down the beach and you know that that was probably more what to do with it i appreciate that he wanted to bring a little happiness to the world i just i just don't agree with his methodology so it's it's go ahead jamie well happiness to the world is not mike myers walking down the beach of galveston with a knife like make balloon animals yeah oh my gosh i'm looking at the images i would have freaked out a different read on it you know in jesse's world that he was trying yeah. to bring happiness i, to I will say i will say this i don't know what kind of law this gentleman practices but he admitted this to the huffington post quote he's still a little fuzzy on what exactly was illegal about the prank so you know <laughs> oh i think i'd like to see this one go all the way up let's bring to supreme court <laughs> supreme court let's let them decide that's because, a good use of my taxpayer dollars yeah. exactly oh yeah, yeah, exactly i, I mean happens. what what is happening to our america if you know uncle sam tells us we can't walk down the beach with a big bloody knife in our hand i what don't state is that did a country, this happen in this was Galveston, texas. texas yeah texas. in texas don't mess yeah. with them. That, that's the thing you can walk around in texas with a gun i mean he right. can have a gun I mean, so long. why can't you walk around with a other weapon i mean if unless he's threatening people What's the big deal? Yeah, I mean, in the, Texas, the, the, I don't think the mask helped the whole situation as well. I mean, it's a pretty Again. scary mask. 
what law in Texas is he breaking? I just think it was maybe not the best decision to bring happiness and joy to beachgoers. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I appreciate, you know. I would hate to be his child and what, like, (laughs) happiness looks like on Christmas morning. If I know anything about Texas, he actually got arrested because he was wearing a mask because they're so (laughs) anti-mask on there. Oh, but I'm dumb. I'm no lawyer, but last time I checked, intent is nine-tenths of the law. And his intent Mm -hmm. was pure as gold. And it was to make all the children happy by scaring them as a horror movie villain. And how, how, you know, what's going by on? By making them there? think they were being murdered think, on their day at the beach. I think he was just doing uh, like art where he was like de- demonstrating that if you don't wear a mask, you could die. And so he has the bloody weapon to show. Mm. You know, mm. it's just like kind of a metaphor. He's just walking yeah. around teaching and spreading the news mm. of COVID w- awareness. Protection, you know? yeah, awareness. Hey, yeah. This, this uh, you know, I know a lot of people are dressing up as scary stuff this year. I don't know if you guys have thought about it. Um, I'm going to go as like an angry person at like a school board meeting, I think. But have you guys put any thought into what you're going to scare people with? I'm going to I'm just going to wear my space camp jumpsuit like I do every year. So I'm going to go as a little astronaut. Kristen, what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I might go. I might go as a as a critical race theorist. <laughs> Just scare Jamie, people. Jamie, what do you what do you learn? <laughs> y'all, y'all know I don't <clears throat> I don't dress up for Halloween. It's my least favorite holiday in the entire world. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? I think when I was younger, I hate not younger. Like I, when my kids were younger, I hated the like get all the candy and dress up, and yeah. it just felt like overindulgence and I didn't like it. Now, listen, my kids, they're all teenagers like Kristen's and they all go out and I don't know what they do, but they go out, they supposedly get candy and come home. They do. Well, I now have a child who is a Halloween person like year round. Like she Mm. lives for Halloween. She can't wait. She has numerous costumes lined up. She's going, she has, she's going as the chick from the chess movie. What was that called? Uh Uh-huh. The Queen's Uh, Gambit. Yes. Queen's Gambit. Yeah. So she's she has cut bangs for Halloween. Oh, wow. She's going as the Queen's Gambit. And then she's also going as the chick from The Big Lebowski. She has that costume also, again, with the bangs. Like she's yeah. living her entire year for Halloween, which I don't know. I don't know how psychologically sound that is, but <laughs> it's kind of like a Disney adult and Halloween people are like the same. The yeah. same dysfunction. Mm. I, don't I know. can see that. And it, yeah. I was I was watching like an interview. That it was like Aaron Something's Rogers. Wrong with Disney like, adults. I I live in Orlando and something's wrong with those people. Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There was an interview with like Aaron Rodgers, who's the, you know, kind of interesting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, you know, league MVP last year. And he was growing his hair really long coming into the season. And they asked him about it. And he said with complete earnestness that he's been working all year on this year's Halloween costume and he can't wait to unveil it, but the hair is part of that. And I'm like, dude, that is dedication. You you auditioned to be the host of Jeopardy with that mop, okay? (laughs) That is all for a Halloween, a yet-to-be-unveiled Halloween costume? I kind of, it was very weird and made me, you know, question a lot of things about him. But I also kind of just respected the dedication to the holiday, you know? But to me, it doesn't feel very off-brand for Aaron Rodgers. I feel like that's something that he would totally just do. They yeah, have wig yeah. shops, Aaron. You can just do it for the day and not look like a weirdo all year long for the one payoff. You can't trust the wig shops. You, you don't know. You, you know, if you really want it done right, you got to grow it yourself. You know. <laughs> all right. What do you have, Jamie? All right. Well, you know, maybe Cameron, your your idea of the guy just promoting mask awareness on the beach is mm-hmm. maybe there's a need for that this. in Texas. There's, there's, there's a need for that in Texas, you know, but we finally have some good news. The number of projected COVID-19 deaths, it's decreasing for the first time since June. So this is good news Sorry. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they are saying that it is expected to decrease over the next four weeks. This is the first decrease since June. Uh, they're predicting the hospitalizations will discre- decrease over the coming days and weeks. Even with this Delta variant continuing to spread, they are still giving us this hope that is going down. The current rate of COVID-19 deaths averages around 2,000 a day. I still cannot believe it, with roughly 114,000 people being infected daily. But we are on a decline, hopefully. So that is the good news for today. I, I, I was reading that it's like there's this like cycle pattern that's starting to mm-hmm. emerge where it like goes down and then there's another mm-hmm. up. And so we can't get too comfortable. Hence, mm-hmm. we should walk around beaches uh, doing mask awareness if we mm-hmm. can. I think, so. I think that's the lesson here. <laughs> it's like the children need to know that you will be it brutally, was a campaign brutally for awareness. That's what he was doing. He was like, I'm starting a campaign. 
Yeah. That does make me happy, though, especially that we're back to June, because I remember just feeling so hopeful in June. Remember that? Like, we'd gotten our vaccines. Like, okay, this is like, you you know, I was making travel plans for the rest of the year. Conferences were back on. And then, like, a couple months later, it was like, hi, Delta. Everything is ruined again. So we're not back to June. It's the first time it's gone down since June. We're still way above June. But it's decreasing for the first time. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, so you're saying there's just a chance. Like, just saying like there's Trump, a chance. Just like Trump predicted <laughs> a year and a half ago, eventually it'll just fade uh-huh. away. You know, eventually it's happening. Many, eventually. many millions of deaths later, it will <laughs> just, away. You know, just go away. You know, they're talking now that it's probably not a pandemic, but it'll be like an ongoing forever thing. Like yeah. the flu. And I think yeah. Yeah. in this article, it actually says that it'll become like a seasonal nuance instead of this never ending pandemic. Yeah. But with and all I the scientific we'll attention. I think we'll have to keep getting Right, right. Yeah, that, I was going to say, with the, all the year. scientific attention, even this week, there's a new treatment that was approved mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody has it, you know, this will help make it not as fatal. I think, like, yeah. with all those advances, people will be able to cope and society will deal with it and it won't be as devastating as it was for the last year and a half. But it's not going away. Yeah. So, walk around I the beaches. I was surprised. I mean. Wearing your masks. Speaking of Texas, I told y'all I went to ACL. Mm-hmm. It's a massive music festival, um, mm-hmm. and you had to either show a negative test within the past 72 hours or your vaccine vaccine card. I think that'll be very common. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. an outdoor thing, and it's in Texas, which is, I was just like, oh, they're yeah. not going to care. Now, how do they know that I was showing them my card? I have no idea. There's no way for them to, I didn't have to show my ID with it. You know, so there's there's some gray area. An ex NBA player, uh, they take it really seriously in Hawaii, and an ex NBA player landed showed a counterfeit vaccine card. Oh my gosh. They caught him and arrested him. And yeah. so he was yeah. trying to Saw go on that. vacation in Hawaii. Yeah. There's another yeah. young woman who did it. Yeah. But she, she her nope. critical mistake was Moderna was spelled wrong on the vaccine card. <laughs> it was I rookie saw that. mistake. Yeah. Sweet little mistake. college girl, huh? Yeah. All right. What do you have, Kristen? Okay. So there is um I, I think this story is so fascinating and kind of hilarious, but there is a modern art museum in Denmark that commissioned an artist, an artist named Jens Hanning. They commissioned him. He's very famous. They paid him $84,000 to give them one of his new paintings. And the painting he gave them was an empty canvas that he entitled Take the Money and Run. So different ways of viewing this. The Art museum feels that they were robbed, right? That they were yeah. disenfranchised, that he, you know, but then this artist is saying, no, this is conceptual art. Like this whole experience, this entire thing is conceptual art. And this is all fair play. Um, it does rem- remind me a little bit. I remember when there was the Banksy, th- Banksy art that was sold at the auction and then it went through the shredder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was kind of, trying to make a statement. So I think this guy is kind of making the same statement. But what do you guys think? Do you think this is robbery or do you think this is like an interesting artistic statement? Hey, I think art is probably the most subjective, you know, one of the most subjective fields in the world. I mean, there's an artist who nailed a banana to the gallery wall and said, <laughs> the art is watching it rot for the next couple of weeks and draw your own <laughs> meaning. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think people conflate art with skill and craftsmanship too much. I think... A lot of times there is a crossover, people who are very skilled at um, creative expression, um, you know, using, you know, either realism or, you know, creating something that it would take a very high degree of either time or skill to do. I think too often that's conflated with art, like art Mm -hmm. and design are often conflated, but they're two separate things where, you know, artistic expression doesn't, it doesn't mean the implication isn't that it took some degree of skill to create it. It's that it invokes some sort of response through a creative expression. There's no obligation for that creative expression to hold any inherent value because of how it was created. That's not the point of art. You know, the point of art is to invoke thought, uh, emotions or ideas through some sort of, uh, you know, visual or sonic thing. If that's his, if that's how he wanted, what, you know, if it's invoking a reaction, you know, it might not be what the gallery intended, but that doesn't, you know, in my opinion, kind of disqualify <laughs> it from being art, you know. My question, though, is what is going to happen to this artist the next time he tries to, like, get a commission? Because <laughs> like, I, I kind of feel like $84,000, that is a lot of money. But yeah. I'm not sure that's the amount of money to, like, yeah. completely ruin your 
you know, reputation in the art world because no one's going to hire him again. I would have waited for a, a higher number before I like. It's like your final out, like you right. know, the biggest <laughs> your one big you're going to get. Yeah. Is yeah, George totally. Costanza going out on a high note on uh, <laughs> yes, Seinfeld? Yeah. If it was like eighty-four million, that right. you know, you know, great for everybody. you. Because yeah. now galleries are going to be like, yeah, I think we're good. I don't, I don't think we want to partner. <laughs> yeah. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. Go check out all this stuff, weird news and real news over at realmagazine.com. All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Sadie Robertson Huff joins us. Two totally enormous extinct dinosaurs. That is the band name. Totally enormous extinct dinosaurs. The song is "The Distance," which the dinosaurs did not go. They did not go the distance. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Sadie Robertson Huff is uh, our guest today. She's a speaker and host of the Whoa, That's Good podcast, where she speaks with faith leaders each week. She's also an author who has written books like Live Original, Live Fearless, and now Live On Purpose, which explores how each of us have a God-given purpose that we should boldly pursue. She sat down recently with our very own Emily Brown, we call her downtown Emily Brown, to talk about uh, the new book and what it practically looks like to seek and live out our purpose. Here is our conversation with Sadie Robertson Huff. Okay, so your book is about living on purpose, which is just a really important lesson um, that I think everyone needs to learn. But why do you think this is a message people need to hear right now? Yeah, I think, again, I think for two reasons. One, um, our generation has this thing. It's actually like, uh, there's actually a title for it now. It's called Purpose Anxiety. And it's basically that we're so anxious about what our purpose is that, you know, we now are no longer actually going out and living our purpose. We're just sitting in our anxiety. And so I don't want people to live like that. I want people to go out and live on purpose and, you know, actually press past those fears and do the things that God has called them to do. And on another hand, well, I think it's an important message is I think because sometimes, um, you know, people call it now, like we're sleeping, like we're sleeping through life. Like, and that's actually not like a new term that is actually in the Bible. Wake up sleeper, like live your life. Um, live. I wrote about this in my last book is it's a verb. It's something that actually causes like action has to be put behind it. And I think sometimes whenever we think about life, it was just something that was handed to us. It was just a gift that was given. And we don't think that we have much to do with it. It's just like, oh, there's another 24 hours, another 24 hours, and another month goes by, and then another year goes by. And so you actually have to intentionally try to live. And you actually have to intentionally try um, to live on purpose, especially. And so I just hope it encourages people, one, to know that, hey, stop being so afraid of your purpose that you're not living it. And two, live your life like it really matters. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and, and it seems like you're, this is something that you're really passionate about. So could you maybe talk a little bit about your personal journey of kind of learning this lesson in your own life? Yeah. So living on purpose, um, the book title, it also says like pressing past fear to follow God. And that's like a huge part of my story. There is um, so much that has to do with, you know, what I feel purpose to do. But to be honest, like everyone, if you're a Christian, like you have the same purpose. It's to love God and to love people. And that's no matter what you're doing, no matter what sphere you're doing. And it might happen to be through speaking and writing and through different things like that. But we're all called 
you know, to a purpose to love God and love people. But I was so afraid to do that. <laughs> like, it's kind of scary sometimes to love yeah. God well and to love people well and to go out and to do things and say yes to things that are scary and bigger than yourself. And so my journey kind of looks like fear for a long time. Then I finally started saying yes to God and seeing that, you know what, if God's calling me to it, like we've all heard, He's going to equip me for it. Like, and, and truly actually believing that, that it's actually not about what I can do, but it's about what He's going to do through me and uh, different scenarios. And the reason I don't have to be afraid is because God carries me. Just like with Moses, when God called Moses to go to back to Egypt, that was really scary. But God said, don't worry. Like, not only are you going back to Egypt, Moses, but the great I am is going with you. And I want us to live a life like that. You know, I want to live my own life like that. It's like, I'm not walking into somewhere alone. I'm walking with God, um, not only behind me, but before me. It's so great to talk about living on purpose, but sometimes that just feels like such a big task. So what are maybe like some small practical things we can do every day to make sure that we are living on purpose like we're supposed to be? That's good. Yeah, I think like I said, like living on purpose is literally living with intentionality. It's living like I'm gonna love God and I'm gonna love people well. And so I think it's just noticing people. If you're gonna wake up today and you're gonna see people um, because you're going to get your coffee or you're going to school or you're going um, to your job, like actually doing the things that you would do in every day on purpose and intentionally, saying hi to someone that you haven't said hi to, saying how are you doing and actually caring what they, what they say in response, actually listening to people well and following up with people those things are living on purpose. I had an interview recently with a interviewer who was not a Christian and she asked me about fame and I told her my testimony and I told her about how whenever I kind of got famous, I asked God, like, God, like, what does this mean? Like, what, what do I, what, what are you calling me to do with this fame? And she said, that's such an interesting thing that you ask yourself, like, what to do with fame because she said, I have so many people who are famous that I hang out with every day and no one ever thinks about like, why am I famous or what do I do with that? They just are mm-hmm. famous. And I think, you know, when you're a Christian, you have to live with that extra intentionality that, okay, God, if you've given me this and I'm going to use it for something bigger than myself, I'm not just famous. I'm famous for your glory. I'm famous to love people well. I'm famous to, you know, help the world become a better place. And that's from my personal story. But what what is it for you? I'm not just a teacher. I'm a teacher and I get to impact students every day. I'm not just a nurse. I'm a nurse who gets to sit with families every day through hard moments. You know, I'm not just an artist. I get to create something that inspires people. So just living with that extra dose of intentionality. Sometimes our purpose it has a big impact, whether it's, you know, we're famous or it has a small impact where it's like a mm-hmm. teacher just sees the same 20 kids every day. Um, but I think some people, you know, they have trouble believing that God has any purpose for their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just cause you know, the world and people around them have, you know, kind of beaten them down. So what would yeah. you say to someone who just has trouble believing that they have a purpose in life? Yeah, I would just say to encourage the person that there's a reason you're alive. Like, do you know how like crazy it is to actually think about the fact that you're alive right now, that you have um, the opportunity to be a part of life, you know, like that in and of itself should show you like there's a reason that I'm here. And then on top of that, just knowing that um, Charlotte Gamble says it so well, that the supporting role matters. And the world, we like sometimes only highlight the lead role, right? Um, you know, if you watch a movie uh, like the Titanic, you kind of think about Leonardo DiCaprio. However, like there's a lot of people in that movie that made the movie what it was. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other things in that movie that made the movie what it was. It wasn't just about him. It was about the cast coming together and the, um, the music coming together and the scenery and the visuals and the effects and all that actually mattered or if it was just Leonardo it actually wouldn't even be that great of a movie like what would it even be about it took everyone coming together and it's the same way with life the lead role is not the only role that matters the supporting roles have way more effect than than people like to give them credit for and when you read the bible there's so many supporting roles that are so necessary like i mentioned moses earlier where moses wouldn't have done what moses did if aaron wouldn't have been there to help him you know um jesus 
you know, we, we think about Jesus. Well, Mary got to carry Jesus, you know, and her role was not that popular. She had to like be pregnant before she was married and all these things. And yet that was such a significant role to God. Uh, mm-hmm. Ananias was a, a man who went and prayed over Saul. Well, no one really thinks about Ananias, but had he not prayed over Saul, Saul's whole ministry and like half the books of the New Testament wouldn't be written. And so just remember that if you are alive, you have a part of the story and you have a purpose and it might not be one that's always celebrated by the world and that you know can be sad sometimes but it's you know celebrated by heaven and if you're living for something bigger than yourself like a kingdom mindset then um, i think that that would be um, reward enough to know that heaven is is supporting you Sadie Robertson Huff can check out her new book, Live on Purpose. It's out now. Stay tuned. Up next, it's <laughs> the game is called A Heightened State of Awareness. You do not want to miss it. Listening to Inner Wave, the song is Fever. Okay, it's time for Heightened State of Awareness. All right, I told you at the beginning of the show we have a game, Texas vs. California. I have pulled up the game that our very own Tyler Huckabee wrote for us. It is not. It is Texas versus California versus Virginia. There's a lane for you. Lane for you here, Jesse. Good. All right, so here's here's Tyler's intro. Uh, We live in divisive times in which friends, families, and whole communities are torn apart by politics and social issues that pull us all further apart every day. People who were once close to us now seem unfamiliar, spouting strange beliefs that render them unknowable as the most distant stars. What happened to a time when we could all put aside our differences and join hands knowing that what unites us is greater than what divides? Goodness gracious, Tyler. Perhaps things started to fall apart when we stopped truly knowing our community. How much (laughs) much do you really know about your neighborhood, your town, and especially your state? Every state in the union. You ever like, you know what? I'm reading the wrong email from Tyler. This is just an email he sent me. (laughs) This is just a personal email. This is just, (laughs) yeah, this is just his Monday morning email. This is journal. Um, uh, knowing uh, every state and union is full of fascinating facts and trivia, official state birds, mottos, and nicknames that bring its residents together around a common bond of fun, flora, and fauna. To know these, to know these things is, in some way, to know each other. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Each of you will be asked a question about the official symbols of the state you live in to see how well you know your community. The person who gets the most correct answers will help unite the country in a new era of harmony and togetherness. While the losers would only push us all further <laughs> apart. So here we go. Stakes can no- literally not be higher. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do I get if I win? Well, you united mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to start with Texas. Jamie, what is, is multiple choice? All of them are multiple choice. Okay. Uh, what's the Texas state nickname? Is it the Cowboy State, the Lone Star State, or the Everything's Bigger State? <laughs> you guys would think it's Everything is Bigger, which everything is, but the Lone Star State. The Lone Star State, you're correct. Uh, Clark, you keep a score for me. I am. All right. Uh, California. Kristen, you're up. What is California's state animal? Is it the American Bronco, the Mountain Lion, or the Grizzly Bear? I'm going to say the grizzly bear. That's correct. It's on your flag. It's on the flag, right? Yes. All right. Virginia. What is the largest city in the state? Is it Virginia Beach, Richmond, or Chesapeake? I'm guessing by population, not geography. I'll say population. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go my hometown, Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach is correct. You guys all got the first round. There we go. Correct. All right. Texas. The Texas state motto is only one word. What is the word? 
Friendship, forward, or battle? Friendship. That's correct. I wish it was just Texas. I wish the state word was just Texas. (laughs) That's all we need to say. (laughs) Texas. Texas. <laughs> the, uh, Texas colon Texas. I think I think Tyler is he the pendulum swung from last week's game uh-huh. where zero uh-huh. people got anything right to yeah. now right. he's just you know. yeah. All right. Uh California. Kristen, the the California state motto is also one word. What is the word? Golden, Eureka, or Divine? I'm gonna say Eureka. That's correct. <laughs> Okay, I got a hard one. It is coming up with a hard one. California starts with what letter? Is it a C (laughs) or a K? A lot of people get this wrong. A lot of people who are educated in California get this wrong. All right. Sorry. Uh, Virginia. The Virginia state motto is a Latin phrase. What is the phrase? Six Six Simper Tyrannus. That is correct. (laughs) Thus always to tyrants. Yeah, it's on the flag. Thus always to tyrants. By the way, by the way, our flag, the Virginian flag, the state of Virginia is the only flag in this in the in the country that is rated R. We have nudity and graphic violence in the flag. So Starbucks logo. Yeah. All right. Texas. What is Texas's official state sport? Is it football, horseshoes or rodeo? Horseshoes. Rodeo. Oh. Wow. You broke the string. Yeah. All right, let's see. California. Maybe they're getting harder. California. California's official state song is I Love You, California. The first verse of which goes, okay, I'm going to read the verse. It's four lines, and you have to fill in two words. Ready? Okay. Uh, first line. I love you, California. You're the greatest state of all. I love you in the winter, summer, spring, and in the fall. I love your fertile valleys, your dear mountains, I blank. I, your dear mountains, I blank. Yeah. The, the, I love your fertile valleys, your dear mountains, I fill in the blank. And then the uh, final line is, I love your grand old ocean and I love her blank. Do you know the, the missing word? Does she get choices? Nope. No choices. Okay, say it again. I love your fertile valleys. This feels like Song of Solomon. Okay, so I love you, California. You're the greatest state of all. Suggestive. I I climb your palm trees and grab your coconuts. Um, (laughs) Exactly. I love you in the winter, summer, spring, and in the fall. (laughs) I love your fertile valleys, your dear mountains. I. Wait, tell me the line before so I know. What am I rhyming with? I love you, California. You're the greatest state of all. I love you in the winter, summer, spring, and in the fall. I love your fertile valleys, your dear mountains. I... Okay, and then what's the next line? I love your grand old ocean, and I love her... So those two rhyme to each other. Those two lines. Mm. I love your fertile valleys, your dear mountains. I... Climb? Mmm, adore. I love your grand old oh. ocean and I love her rugged shore. That's that's oh, her wow. that's her song. All right. So over to this <laughs> this round. Here we go. Uh, you can take the lead here. Virginia, what is the official Virginia state fossil? Is it the Sinosaurotorex? Sinosaurotorex? Is it the Chesa Pecton Jefferson Yus? Or is it the Brachylophosaurus? Brachylophosaurus. I'm going to go number two just because That's maybe Thomas Jefferson helped find it. That, Chesa, uh, fossil Peckton, in Jefferson, Chesapeake? yes, yeah. is is correct. That is the correct official state fossil. You're in the lead. All right, Texas. Here we go. Texas has the country's largest parking lot. Where is it located? Is it the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium, or the Gaylord Texan Resort and Convention Center? I'm going to say that it is the um, AT&T Stadium. The airport. The airport. Dang it. All right, California. What is California's official state fabric? Is it silk, cotton, or denim? I guess it's got to be denim. It is denim. That is correct. All right. Uh, You're tied with Jesse now. Jesse, you could keep the lead. Uh, Virginia, what is Virginia's official state drink? Is it Coca-Cola, bourbon, or milk? Wow. (laughs) Um, 
mean, I, I usually mix those three. It's um, so <laughs> delicious. It's called it's called the Loverland. It's a delicious it's called cocktail. The Virginia Spritz. Um, <laughs> creamy, and, uh, creamy soda yeah. bourbon. And they call it the the go straight to hangover. You miss the bus. You just go straight to feeling very ill. You know, if you're lactose intolerant, it knocks you it's out. It's a cautionary yeah. drink. Yeah, I mean, you get people that have diabetes are lactose intolerant and don't like bourbon. All in one vial drink. Um, I'll go bourbon. I don't know. It's milk. Milk. <gasps> Ew. That's a dairy you should thing. move. Yeah, you should I, move for that. Like, I don't even really get it. There's not a lot of dairy happening. I mean, there I I knew one dairy farm growing up and it shut down. And so I don't know where all this milk's coming from. But then again, right. I don't know any Coca-Cola factories either. So. All right, we got two more rounds, so it's still anybody's game. Here we go. Texas. What is Texas's official state meal? Is it chili, barbecue spare ribs, or brisket? I didn't there's an official state meal. Official state meal. Say them one more time. Chili, barbecue spare ribs, or brisket? Brisket. It's chili. You missed three in a row about your state. I mean, ask me the state flower. Ask me to sing the song. We just asked you about chili. (laughs) But it could have been all of them. I could have all of those things to eat within a five mile radius of my office right now. That is true. All right, California. What is California's official state dinosaur? Is it the Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> oh the Stegosaurus, or the duck-billed dinosaur? I'm going to say the duck-billed. It is the duck-billed dinosaur. Oh, wow. Cool. Does every state have a... I didn't even know states had a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who decides these things? <laughs> the voters. The voters decide. Uh, Virginia. <laughs> what is Virginia's official state bat? Is it the sheath-tailed bat? The big-eared bat? Or the greater long-nosed bat? I mean, first off, I don't like how they're reducing bats to one facial feature. That seems pretty <laughs> reductive. Sheath teal, big-eared, or the greater long-nosed. You're right. It's yeah, all, how would you like, how would you like oh, I'm the, the, the big-eared. It's body uh, shaming. The, yeah. The the bats, why why really? would body bat. shame the bats? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I mean, and I MLM guess pitch I even is feel, gonna come into their I, Instagram. I DMs. feel weird even saying the big eared bat, you know, but it doesn't feel any better to say the long nose. It's so cr- I'll say the big eared. That is correct. The big eared bat is the correct. Are there wow. enough bats in the world for every state to have their own bat? Like there's fifty kinds of bats. There's definitely fifty types of bats. We have bat d- watching here in Austin. You can go down oh, to the Congress yeah. Bridge and then they all fly out at night. Disgusting. It's, a thing. it's yeah. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This is the last round. What's the score, Clark? Uh, I've lost. That's all I know. Kirsten and Jesse and are I'm tied, and Jamie is two. Well, what are they tied at? Four? Oh, four. I'm sorry. Yeah, four. Okay, four. All right. Well, this last round is worth three points. So, Jamie, you're in the mix. This is how still. Derek always comes back. He always comes mm-hmm. out with a W like this. All right, here we go. What is Texas's official state firearm? Is it the Colt Walker pistol? Colt Walker pistol? The Flint Flintlock rifle or the Winchester Model 70? I've never heard of any of these because I'm not a fan of guns. I don't own a gun, but I'm going to go with that Colt one. That is correct. You are currently (gasps) in the lead. Okay. All right. No pressure, California. Here we go. California has four official state nuts. What are they? (laughs) Is it this collection of four? I'm going to read three collections of four nuts. Here we go. Almonds, walnuts, pistachios, and pecans. Peanuts, cashews, hazelnuts, and macadamia nuts. Or pine nuts, nutmeg, acorns, and coconuts. Hey, I'm going to say it's not macadamia nut because that feels like Hawaii. What was the last one again? Pine nuts, nutmeg, acorns, and coconuts. The first one was almonds, walnuts, pistachios, and pecans. I think it's the first one. That is correct. All oh, your wow. official wow. collection of state nuts are almonds, walnuts, pistachios, and pecans. You're currently in the lead. So happy to it's know that. It's all up to you, Jesse. To, to tie the Trader Joe's California mix. That's how I knew that. I buy it right by the counter. <laughs> Very good. That's Very good. good. Our Virginia has three state songs. Our Great Virginia, Sweet Virginia Breeze, and what is it? Take Me Home Country Roads, I Went Down to Virginia, or Carry Me Back to Old Virginia? I mean, like I said, these are... All in pretty heavy rotation. Um, all beloved. Around town. <laughs> On your Spotify playlist. Yeah. Do y'all yeah, call just, Virginia Virginie? 
I've never heard that. That's that's kind of the outlier there. That actually makes me kind of uncomfortable for reasons I'm not really sure why. <laughs> Carry me it back feels to, it feels racist. I'm not it sure why. Feels like it, it feels like racist. It feels yeah, racist. Exactly. Old Virginia. Yeah. 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 yeah who's carrying just, who back? Yeah. Carry, why am I carrying you back to Old Virginia? Just the tone of it. Too. Just the tone yeah. of it's a red flag for me. I'm going to go the second one. Uh, what, what's the, I went down to Virginia. Yeah, that sounds you know that sounds like that could could go either way. You know, I went down. I'll the, tell you what happened later, but I'm going to write a song about The correct answer this. is uh, you, your collection of three state songs are "Our Great Virginia," "Sweet Virginia Breeze," and "Carry Me Back to Old Virginia." Virginia. So our winner is Kristen. Oh, California. Congratulations. I mean, it is the superior state, and <laughs> I am paying for it. Well, she listen, just we, united We're America. technically a commonwealth yeah. anyway, so there's that. And uh, Thanks for uniting us all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the state of Virginia a few times, and I was surprised you didn't throw the old commonwealth of Virginia we in are, there. We you, are technically a commonwealth, not a state, but, you know, uh, I'll take it up with Tyler. Um, and, uh, <laughs> are you guys you know. the only one? Are there Kentucky, actually 49 Kentucky, states? Kentucky. Kentucky is really this Commonwealth of Kentucky. I think there's one more too. I can't remember, but uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Kristen. You know your state very, very well. Very honored by this. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, before we wrap things up, uh, I want to thank Sadie Robertson Huff for joining us today. Make sure to check out her new book, Live on Purpose. It's out now. Also, head over to the faith section on relevantmagazine.com and check out our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can sign up for, or you can read it right there on the site every weekday morning. It's a great way to start your day. Go check out Deeper Walk presented by Lumo. Um, And also follow Relevant on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, doing more and more more on Instagram, by the way. We've been inconsistent with our posting. We're, we're ramping it up. We've got a lot of stuff coming. But it's a great way to interact with the cast and just your feedback for the editorial question of the week for the Friday show. Um, and we're, we're doing surveys now. We're doing polls. Uh, we're crowdsourcing some stories. It's a lot of fun. Uh, make sure to follow us on all the socials. Don't miss a thing. Well, on that note, we will wrap it up. Uh, thanks for joining us, Kristen. Anything you want to plug before we end things? Sure. Actually, um, my podcast, Selfie, we are kind of shifting gears. We have a new co-host, which is Matthias Roberts. He and I are both therapists. And so we're going to be taking weekly questions from the audience on all of your questions around psychology, mental health, relationships. um, And it should be a lot of fun. I have a lot of questions. That's awesome. Uh, Jamie, anything you want to plug? Uh, I just released my kid's book. Wow. Yeah. God made you to be you. And you went on tour with uh, yeah. with Derek. Uh, Jesse yeah, we suggested. just got did back you? off the road, and Derek's he's a fun tour guide. Yeah, I did. You catch that? I was listening to that episode. Jesse was like joking, like, "Hey, you guys should go on a tour together." Like the children's book, and and Derek. Oh, I can caught rap. Derek and, was and, like, uh, and, "No," and Derek was like, "Yeah, no, like I'm not. That's, that we're not going to joke. <laughs> I'm not doing that." I was like, "What? what? I don't think he was serious." <laughs> a children's book tour combined with a hip hop show. I don't. <laughs> Everyone would be buying tickets for that. It's just a natural thing. Very natural collab. You can come come here and do that tour, the Sweet Virginia tour, and just around the Commonwealth. (laughs) Sweet Virginia. (laughs) Carry me back to old Virginia. Should you take us out with some refrains of Sweet Virginia? Should we (laughs) should play play us out? We should play with that. All right. Uh, Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Kristen Howerton. And we will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. I am in a psycho's funhouse of pain. Relevant Podcast Network.